This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hey, this is Trey. Thank you for joining us for another Tuesdays with Trey. I want to ease into what may be a, a challenging topic uh, for us. We all, or I should say, we have all the variables uh, that make this a challenge, uh, chiefly human nature. We like to be excited. We like to look forward to the future with anticipation and this sense of enthusiasm. And I am as guilty of that, if not more guilty than anyone else. I watch a video of a golf tip or I get a swing tip and I cannot wait to go to the driving range because I am sure that this golf tip is the one that is going to make me hit my iron so solidly or make more putts or get over whatever psychological issues I have when it comes to chipping and pitching. So I, I my expectations are... Um, they vastly exceed uh, the prospects for success because I've been down this road, like uh, I think conservatively, the number would be infinity. The, num the number of times that I have gotten some tip or talked to someone or watched a video and I just knew that uh, everything was going to be different. Uh, there's no one in the world who looks forward to college football more than I do. Uh, and strangely, it is the week before the games start that I find myself the most excited because everyone's full of hope and promise and high expectations. And there's no reality to sort of ruin those expectations. And maybe it's the coach's fault for leading me to believe that things are going to be a lot better or a lot different. You know, I'll pick on the Cowboys. They were the most penalized team in the history of recorded history last year. And I know coach Mike McCarthy said they're really, really going to work on it. And I actually thought they would work on it. Although I haven't seen a ton of evidence they have. Maybe it's my fault for not wanting logic to control my expectations. And perhaps, you know, people who are like this with work or vacation or a move they're planning to make their expectations are sky high. I mean, no one likes to be around Debbie Downer. No one likes to be around the person who says, yeah, it's a beautiful beach house. Um, unfortunately, there's this really big family of great white sharks that live right out your back door. As soon as you get into the into the water, there's like a hotel for great white sharks or you know, no one likes it when others sort of rob us of that moment of excitement and high expectation and anticipation. However, I'm going to do it anyway, sort of, because what I've learned about the joy of high expectations is how often that is followed by the anger of not having those expectations met. And perhaps it's not anger for you. Maybe it's an, you know, another emotion. It's sadness. It's disappointment. Whatever it is, it's not a positive experience. 
when our expectations are not met, it's a negative experience. And that's true whether it's a trip we planned, a piece of clothing we bought, a job we took, a relationship we invested time in. I still remember my old Sunday school teacher, Mr. Dick Littlejohn, saying anticipation almost always beats realization. How we imagine things will be is usually much better than how they turn out if our expectations are not rooted in logic and history. So why does any of this matter? You know, why not indulge a little? Why not dream? What's wrong with being excited? Nothing, nothing in the world except for those who experience, you know, either anger or resentment or sadness or disappointment in the aftermath. If you can manage the reaction that you will have to unmet expectations, then you are welcome to set them as high as you want. Many, arguably most, cannot. And therefore, we would be better served if we really did what we advise other people to do, which is under-promise and over-perform. Set expectations reasonably rooted in fact and logic and history and human nature. So why am I bringing this up? It's not because of golf or college football. I can tell you that I, I see unmet expectations as one of the sources of anger in our country. Uh, anger is not a good thing. Sadness, frustration, disappointment. It, it's impossible to go through life uh, or perhaps even a day without those visiting us. But anger is harder to tame. And there's a lot of it in our culture currently. And I would rather run the risk of disappointing you on the front end by lowering your expectations than disappointing you on the back end when those expectations are not met. Uh, one last point before I get to the gist of what I'm thinking. I have the obligation to set realistic expectations. If I'm communicating with you, it's partly my job to set your expectations in a reasonable and logical way. But it's your job and my job, if I'm the listener, to insist that it be done, which runs counter to human nature sometimes. You should know the person. I mean, if we're being honest about it, you should know the person that I offer to set you up with if you're single. Does not look like George Clooney or Brad Pitt. And me saying someone is cute does not mean that they are, are a movie star. So I should not build up your expectations that you're getting ready to meet Channing Tatum or George Clooney or whoever you think is uh, handsome. Uh, but you also should not like overread what I say. Your expectations should be rooted in reality every bit as much as my description of what's coming should be rooted in accuracy. I mean, me telling you the neighborhood is really nice and quiet does not mean there aren't dogs and kids uh, or that someone won't shoot off fireworks on every single major holiday. Me telling you the company is poised to have a good quarter does not mean they will. You know, me telling you that we had a good week of practice for a football team does not mean the game is going to end well. I have an obligation to be honest with you, and I think we, I'll include me in this also, we have an obligation to want to get candid, frank, honest advice and not necessarily what we want to hear. Wait right there. We'll have more next. 
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. So why has this been on my mind? Because I see the anger. I have seen it firsthand, the anger of unmet expectations in our politics. And it is often fed and nurtured by politicians and commentators who do the opposite of what I have been describing. You can make a ton of money and have a lot of people watch your show or listen to your podcast or radio show by telling people what they want to hear. You know, the Republicans should do this, that, and this, and then the entire country will be saved from imminent ruin if only they did that. That's what we hear. And what we don't hear is the truth, which is Republicans are in the majority uh, or in the minority in both houses, and they really have no power at all. And all they have is the influence to convince you that we can do better. Or sometimes maybe to stop bad things. That's the truth. The truth is they are limited in their power. And the truth moving forward, even beyond November, if Republicans win the House, it is eminently reasonable that you would expect President, if you're a Republican, it would it's eminently reasonable that you would expect President Biden's legislative agenda to come to a halt. That is reasonable. It is not reasonable for us to believe that any Republican bill or conservative idea is going to be signed into law. There's also a lot of talk about investigating this or that. I mean, it is hard to listen to some GOP House members, usually ones not in a position to lead investigations, but nonetheless, some of them are talking about, we're going to investigate this, we're going to investigate that. And there are all sorts of members in the current min minority who are promising to do that. Okay. So we should ask ourselves, that's what they're saying, but what's reasonable? What's our reasonable expectation? All right. Republicans control the committee and they pick what should be investigated. Check. That's a reasonable expectation. Republicans identify which documents and, and witnesses they want to evaluate, examine, or interview. Which ones they need. Check. That's a reasonable expectation. Republicans send subpoenas uh, to witnesses or subpoenas for documents that they're not getting that they need. Check. That's a realistic, reasonable expectation. Witnesses don't comply at all or fully, or the documents requested are not produced. Can they be held in contempt for not honoring the subpoena, for not producing the documents? It's reasonable for you to believe that they can be held in congressional contempt. Yes, because Republicans vote on that. If they're in the majority, they control the investigations, they control the witnesses, they control the documents or what they ask for. All of that is reasonable. But this is when we then get into an unreasonable expectation. Do we know what happens after the contempt vote on the floor of the House? Where does it go? It goes to the United States Attorney for the District of Columbia. And that person would have been nominated by whom? Joe Biden. So there won't be a prosecution. There won't be a conviction. There won't be a requirement that the witness show up. There won't be a requirement that the documents be produced. That's 
that's a likely outcome. Every everything that I described in that chronology is likely to happen. And th- and that's why I said check. Check on picking the topic, check on picking the witnesses, check on asking for the right documents. You can even put a check mark by being held in contempt of Congress. But what you cannot do is put a check mark if someone leads you to believe that there is going to be a successful prosecution for contempt of Congress, because that's not going to happen. And someone needs to tell you that. Anger sells, fear sells, illogical expectations sell. Way back when I was in the House, there was a politician who wanted to tap into what can be unreasonable expectations. He wanted people to sign a letter pledging to withhold money or appropriations for the uh, what's called the Affordable Care Act, but commonly known as Obamacare. And he wanted those monies withheld until such time as President Obama agreed to repeal his signature piece of legislation. Okay, that was the plan. You follow me? We're going to withhold the money. President Obama is going to decide that he is going to sign a a bill repealing the Affordable Care Act, repealing his signature piece of legislation. How realistic do you think that is? How would you assess the likelihood of that happening, of President Obama agreeing to sign a bill that repealed the what he would tell you is the most significant legislative accomplishment of his eight years. I mean, zero? Is that realistic? I mean, that's what the chances were, but no one told you that. They fundraised and they built your expectations that this is what's going to happen, and if he doesn't do it, we're going to shut down government And then he'll get so tired of the shutdown government that he finally will relent and sign the repeal of the Affordable Care Act. Expectations were set by this politician who's in the United States Senate. But was it realistic? No, it it never was. I'm not talking about fighting or being tough or standing tall. What I'm talking about is telling you the truth. As we set expectations for what success can look like. So now we turn to this November. The House and the Senate are on the ballot. The country, in my judgment, at least, is not headed in a good direction. Most Americans think not only are we on the wrong track, we're headed in the in the wrong direction, which is like a almost like a double negative, but it's definitely a double bad. Uh, whether your focus is on the economy or the border or violent crime rates, there's just not much good news. And our expectations should be higher in every one of those facets. We should have higher expectations than what we're getting right now. But what are the realistic expectations for what Republicans can do if they take the House? If they take the House but not the Senate, And President Biden is going to be the president regardless of what happens. And the Senate is still going to be controlled by the Democrats. So what is a realistic expectation for us if that is the scenario? I mean, what can you do with the House but not the Senate and not the White House realistically? What if you have the House and the Senate? You still don't have the White House. You still don't have somebody that's going to sign your legislation. And again, it's got nothing to do with what you ought to do. This has everything to do with what our expectations should be and how we define success, how we define what a successful outcome is. 
and then I'll, I'll I'll flip it around, I think, and hopefully this will prove the point. There was a lot of hope and excitement on the Democrat side when President Biden won because he had the House. And then, as you recall, they won the two Georgia Senate races. So Democrats I have a hard time channeling maybe what they were thinking or expecting, but I'll try. I'm sure they were sitting there thinking we have the House, we have the Senate because we have the tiebreaker and we have the White House. Expectations were sky high, except how reasonable was the expectation that a guy from West Virginia was going to go along with a liberal or progressive agenda? How realistic was that expectation? West Virginia, which is where Joe Manchin is from, not a single county in that state voted for President Biden. So honestly, he's (laughs) he's a Democrat. I guess, Uh, but he's a Democrat who represents a state with very few Democrats. So what's a realistic expectation of what he's going to do? You think he wants to be reelected? I think that's a realistic expectation. Every elected official wants to be reelected. So what's he going to do? Is he going to go along with this liberal or progressive agenda that the people in his state don't want? Or is he going to maybe give a couple of little courtesy calls when needed, but pretty much protect his own political viability. Yep. That's where I would say check. That's what he's going to do. So the people communicating to us must be reasonable and honest and logical in setting the right expectations. And we must make them be reasonable, honest, and logical by expecting honesty and not just coveting good news. We have to know the limits of what can be done. We're welcome to push. We're welcome to have high expectations. I I want you to have high expectations. I just want all of our expectations to be grounded in what is reasonably possible. Because I don't know about your life, but I can tell you in my life, when the when the realization when reality does not meet the expectations, it almost invariably leads to anger. There's always going to be someone selling some magic elixir, some potion that only they have that there'll always be someone saying, you know, there's a chance if only we do this enough or we do that enough. Maybe, but usually not because it's not reasonable. And we have to be reasonable in our expectations, regardless of whether others are. You know, when I was beginning my career as a prosecutor, I would sit in on meetings with cops and agents. They had meetings with senior prosecutors. And I remember some DEA, which is the Drug Enforcement Administration, agents meeting with kind of the senior prosecutor in the office, uh, the late, great David Stevens. And I sat in on the meeting trying to learn as much as I could from David and he I remember the agents promised this and they promised that they would have all this, you know, all these kinds of evidence, all manner of testimony. And in the end, they looked at David and said, we're looking for an aggressive prosecutor who isn't afraid to go to court. I mean, can you hear that being said in the political realm? We're looking for a fighter. That's what they say. We're looking for a fighter. We want a fighter. We're looking for an aggressive prosecutor, which means a fighter who isn't afraid to go into court. Uh, David took a drag off of his camel no-filter cigarette, 
and said, I'm looking for evidence. That was it. That was the end of the conversation. David, by the way, was the best prosecutor that I've ever seen. So you didn't need to tell him to fight. He was the best I'd ever seen. But what was he looking for? Evidence, not excitement, not exuberance, not promises about this or that. Evidence. And I would say we need to substitute for that word evidence in the political realm, logic. We should outperform whatever promises we make. We should expect others to do that as well. So as we enter the final stretch of this current political season and we see the ads and we get the mail pieces, we should ask, number one, how are you going to do that? You're either one person in the majority or one person in the minority. How are you going to get done what you say you're going to do? Is it realistic? Is it rooted in logic? When I hear a member of Congress promise to do things, that's where my mind goes. I ask, are you even in a position to do what you claim you're going to do? Are you even on the committees that do that? There are some members who promise to investigate this or that, and yet they're not even on the committees that do that. They don't have any more power than you and I do. Make people meet your expectations, provided our expectations are reasonable. And we can't reward those who sell snake oil or magic elixirs. Uh, We control what we expect from others. They may try to sell us the Mona Lisa, but it's our job to know it's just some eight-year-old student's art project. Anger usually comes from not having our expectations met. If we can control the expectations, then we can control the reaction, and therefore we can control the anger. I'll see you next week. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts.